Hey everyone, Josh Taylor here from CE Podcast. Hope all is well. Uh, today we're going to be talking about um, dog parks, alternative to dog parks, what I think about them. Uh, I was on CTV News in December and we were talking a lot about, or, or at least it came up, you know, about dog parks and what I thought about them. And so I got a lot of feedback, people wanting to know more. Um, so here we are. So we're talking about, uh, you know, dog parks and the alternatives to dog parks and so on and so forth. So to get cracking, I do not like dog parks. Okay. So uh, this is different. This isn't the same thing as like, you know, I go to the dog park with a friend or two friends and they have their dogs and we go at a downtime. All right. But, um, it's more about the fact that you just don't really know what you're going to get in there. Uh, especially when it's jam packed. Uh, there's a place by, by me called angel woods and, um, it's a great place. I love it. Walking the trails, so on. But, uh, you know, when it comes to the dog park, I find it gets a little too much. And um, many people are really good. Don't get me wrong. So, you know, I'm not necessarily pointing any fingers. But I do see a lot of people who don't pay attention, who are looking on their phones. They have no idea where their dog is. Um, I've been in scenarios, no names, obviously, but where I'm even in the trails and someone's dog just comes and lunges or attacks and the owner of their own dog is trying to kick their own dog to get the dog off either my dog or a client's dog if we're going for a walk or whatever. So I always say that like, you know, you never know really what you're going to get when you're in there. Okay. And usually the common phrase is it's never happened before. Okay, so here we are, right? In scenarios where things have never happened before, but they happen every day. Um, so I just kind of want to get into that a little bit. When it comes to the fenced-in yards, the dog parks, um, people are usually on their phone or they're huddled in a group. Um, I've had, I've seen some dog parks where they're huddled around chairs. It's almost like as if they created a bonfire and they're just kind of <laughs> sitting in that circle. And they're not even really focused on the dogs. Um, and look, don't get me wrong, you know, like obviously we're social, they're social. So, you know, we're going to be, um, you know, we're, we're both social at the same time, right? That the dogs are playing, we're talking to the people. I just find that uh, it's just not regulated enough. There isn't enough structure and rules. And, uh, you know, as a dog trainer who who tries to get people into a routine or a rhythm, um, dog parks can be very traumatizing, uh, if, if something does happen, I see it all the time. And again, this isn't necessarily, I'm not generalizing it, but I'm just saying, you know, there's, there's always that one dog that comes in and there's an issue or, or, you know, it's, again, it's, it's never, it's never happened before. Um, or like they're testing the behavior when they know that the dog is not great. Um, and then I've had other people where, um, yeah, a couple of times where I've gone with a client and they were like, can we like practice a recall maybe in the dog park if it's empty? And, you know, we, we would go to the dog park, for example, and there was like a few people in and we were planning to not even go in because obviously there was already a couple people in there. So we weren't going to practice a recall and 
as we're walking near, they're like, oh, you're going to have to give us like half an hour. Like this is their playtime, their group. But that dog over there isn't good with other dogs that are not in the, the group. So it won't go well um, if you bring your dog in. <laughs> wow. Right. Like so. So the public space that everyone gets to use is now unavailable for for my client at that time even though we weren't going to use it so like you know we we just smiled nodded and moved on and you know maybe that wasn't right maybe we should have kind of said like well you know it's not your park blah 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 but like you know i mean we weren't you know whatever but you know we get things like that do happen and so that comment made it sound like go in at your own peril you know and Instead of saying, I'm going to take my dog out, which I know there's plenty of people who do that, who say like, you know, like, hey, I'm, I'm going to leave. You know, my dog isn't fantastic. So, again, I'm not generalizing. I'm just really kind of giving you an idea of what I see, especially as a dog trainer who is around, even though I, 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 I don't love them, I'm around them quite often. Um, so, yeah. So dog parks for me are usually an accident waiting to happen. What are some alternatives is something I get very, very often. So, I mean, alternatives. I mean, you could go for a hike. Okay. Num number one, this is like, you, you know, go going for a hike or going for a walk, um, you know, you're going to meet dogs. Okay. And if you tell me your dog is not great on a leash, or, you know, like I can't do it like that, like it's better in the dog park. Well, then that's something that you can work on, right? That's something that we can try to make better and we can we can improve. OK, um, you know, um, anything that involves like confidence boosting, you can set up a little, you know, if you do have a fenced in yard, you can set up a little agility course. This will, uh, you know, attract your neighbors and friends who have dogs like, oh, why don't you bring over, uh, you know, your little guy and, you know, they, we could, they could go in the course together. It, like this is so easy, like the agility stuff that you can get on Amazon, for example, like it's so worth it. OK, a couple hundred bucks and you have it forever. Well, forever for a long time. Another big one is like trails, you know, like I know I was talking about hiking, like, you know, if you go up to like, I don't know, Montan Blanc or and you're allowed to bring your dogs like to a lot of places like that. But also even just like trails, like um, I used to walk in the Bois de Lies all the time. I love that place. I typically find a lot of people are on leash, which is great. There are a couple, but mostly everyone is kind of following those rules. And that's a great place to walk your dog. I've met so many people. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what to call it, but you know, when I'm walking with my dog or I'm going somewhere, uh, if they don't recognize me or they don't know who I am, I generally don't tell them that I'm a dog trainer. I don't know. It's just one of those things. You know, I just want to be normal <laughs> uh, when it comes to just going for a walk with my dog. Um, usually if they do know me, which I love, by the way, like I'm not saying I don't like that either. You know, like when someone sees me, it almost always leads to a dog conversation. And um, I'm not like throwing that down or anything like I do love it. But, you know, sometimes it's nice, right, to just kind of like get away from that and talk about something else that's unrelated. Um, and I'm sure everyone thinks the same thing, right? Like, I mean, I've done it a million times. Like I'm, 
I meet someone, I'm talking to them and they're like, oh, you know, I'm a personal trainer. I'm like, really? I have to ask you a few things, <laughs> you know? So um, I'm sure obviously, you know, dog trainers aren't the only ones that get that. Um, yeah. So another big one is um, I actually recently started doing this uh, is jogging with your dog. Believe it or not, I find that when I'm jogging with my dog, I've had a lot more encounters with with people and their dogs than I have been when I'm going for a walk. I don't know. I guess it's maybe like a maybe there's like this jogger tribe that I don't know about. Um, but I, I definitely get stopped way more often, which is totally fine. Um, you know, I'm with my dog, so I, I'm expecting to get stopped and and that's cool, um, you know, but it, it actually happens a lot more. Um, and then, like, again, my my other point is really like setting up a play date, which is like what I was mentioning about the agility. Like it doesn't have to be like a little agility course, but it could be, you know, they're playing in the backyard. The only thing that I'll say about playing in the backyard is it's still the same rules apply. Okay. Um, you want to make sure that, um, you're, you're watching them and you're, you're looking for those, those signals or the, you know, the body language and, and so on and so forth. If, you know, body language is something that you struggle with, well, why don't you shoot me an email and um, maybe I'll talk about it on uh, the next podcast. Okay, well, we'll get more into like body language and things that I look out for. Um, you know, the beginning of my career, I, I would say I got bit quite a bit, um, mainly because I, I didn't get the privilege like, um, you know, some of the people I work with now where they get to kind of deal with big problem cases almost right away. Um, I mean, they're well-trained, but you know, they get to deal with those problem cases right away versus me. Even when I had the theory and I was trained, uh, it took a long time for me to deal with those big problem cases. And when I did start dealing with them, boy, oh boy, I got bit like crazy. And, um, yeah, yeah, it was bad. You know, I mean, one of my first big cases when it came to, um, uh, dog on dog aggression. Um, it, it was, it was pretty bad. And so, uh, the dog had uh, what we call redirected, uh, reactivity or redirected aggression, I guess. And so basically I was handling the dog and, you know, theory and practical are two very big different things, but you can't rush it. you like, you really can't. And, um, so anyways, the dog turned around and, and got me real bad, uh, in my leg. I mean, my legs, especially over the years, uh, trust me, they've taken some, uh, some abuse, but, um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's part of the game. It's part of the game. Um, so yeah, so, so having said that, you know, it's just important that, um, you know, you're figuring out your, your dog's body language and what things mean. I mean, I have dogs who are loud, more loud than others. I have dogs who bark nonstop. I have dogs that are silent. Um, so you have to kind of get to know your dog, um, as well as of course, there's some subtle cues that, um, will kind of pop up when you're, you know, it's like one of those, like, you know, those moments where you're, Oh boy, I got to get in there. Or I got to break it up or whatever the case is, or hopefully proactively, um, and there's, of course, ways to break up these fights. Um, but, you know, we'll we'll save that for another uh, another thing. Um, uh, one big thing that we actually do here uh, at, at CE at canine education is uh, we have like a doggy daycare, you know, so like dog daycares are really great for many reasons. 
Um, it's just, you know, I know some people have probably, you know, wherever they've gone, they've had either bad experiences and probably a lot of good ones because obviously dog daycares are super popular. Um, uh, you know, I think what's really important is that they are maintaining a good order in the sense of there is that the, the dog ratio to humans is not significantly overpowered. Um, like it's kind of like a think of it like a like a real daycare you know i think like i don't know i really don't know what it is like human wise but i'm assuming it's probably like i don't know one teacher for like 10 students or you know something like along those lines uh you know or, or uh, you know again i don't know how that works but it's it should be kind of like the same thing for dogs you know maybe even less because well you know body language and how they speak and everything is a little different Okay. And it's a lot of playing and playing can turn into other things, you know, like at recess, you have kids at play and then they get into a little kerfuffle sometimes. Well, you know, dogs are always playing with each other or they're playing with each other a lot more. So it's not just like a break period where they're playing, um, you know, and of course you have dogs who have like, you know, where, or, or daycares where there's like active rest, where there's like mental stimulation. So I think that a great alternative, if you were like, man, I wish I could like keep socializing my dog, but you know, dog parks are risky or this or that, you know, a, a friendly social space would be something like, like the daycare. Um, so to give you an example of like how my daycare works, um, you know, I have a, I have a legit trainer. So it's always a trainer who's actually watching the dogs. It's not uh, like a helper or someone. Sometimes we have a trainer and a helper, but generally speaking, it's someone with many, many years of experience um, at the bare minimum, or they are actually a certified dog trainer. Um, so this is great because we can kind of tailor some of the more challenging cases and actually utilize them into the daycare, depending, of course. Um, so I find that that really helps. Another big thing about it is that if you don't have that open space at home to or, you know, in the backyard or whatever, and you are afraid of the dog parks, this is a great opportunity to um, to to, you know, get your dog out there and like give them a good run, like burn that energy. Like, you know, I always say tired dog is a happy master. <laughs> OK, or uh, a tired dog is a happy pet parent, we could say. Um, but it, it definitely really, really helps. Um, another big thing with like the dog daycare is like it distracts dogs from separation anxiety. So it's not to say that it cures it. I don't want to make it sound like daycares cure separation anxiety, but you know, uh, with COVID and everything that has been going on and now everyone going back to work, this could be a great alternative to actually work a little bit on this. Um, work on this a little bit, meaning like, oh boy, I'm going to be gone for like eight hours because I can't work from home. This could be a great time for me to maybe bring my dog in. And of course it would be wonderful if you could do that proactively. Like, you know what? I'm here all week. Maybe I should put the dog in a daycare for a couple days. So dog daycares, I find really, 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 really help. All right. Um, Another big thing is um, it gives, you know, the human time to focus. So what we actually do in our daycare 
is we actually have a training regimen, um, and we do this for everyone. And so, um, for example, uh, one of my trainers, she's, she's amazing. Uh, her name is Emma. Um, she will create a plan, uh, a, like a plan of action that day. Like, okay, we're going to be working on sit, stay down, blah, blah, blah. Like, and so she comes up with a plan and then they all go through that training plan. Um, our daycare is a little different just because we don't do like 10 dogs, one person kind of thing. Um, so it's very, very small. So we have like four or five dogs, uh, per trainer. Um, so it's, it's very small groups of daycare. Um, you know, also we're on like a second floor, so we don't have like a, like an outside. So what we do is with four or five dogs, it's a lot more manageable because we actually go for walks around the, the village. Um, which is fun by the way, because once again, more social, right? They're being exposed, uh, they're being trained. Uh, so it's, it's really great. It really is. Um, and it, it makes like the, the, it makes your in-home stuff a lot easier too to manage because you're getting that constant training and we actually send you homework. Um, and we give you kind of a list of what we did with the dog that day. So I find that it can really help. Um, for sure. For sure. Uh, it's also a great outlet when it's like bad weather, like, Oh boy, I don't want to walk my dog. It's, it's terrible outside or whatever the case might be. Right. So I think that all of these things can, can really, um, can really just help, uh, give that nice balanced relationship in the sense where, you know, the dog is, with you the dog has some separation from you the dog is seeing other other dogs other people um the dog is being social the dog is being trained um it's just a it's a great way you know and of course you also like kind of there's a little bit of a community that starts like for example some of the dogs they're so infatuated with each other that now the clients that are always like in that group that time bracket now they're talking with each other and now they're you know seeing each other outside of the daycare and and you know which is great i mean that's what we want right we want to kind of build that that relationship um so it's it's definitely really something that's that's incredible to see um it, it really is so the daycare, uh, I think that it's extremely important and it's a fantastic alternative because everything is regulated. I'm not saying that mistakes don't happen. I'm not saying that there isn't going to be accidents here and there. Um, you know, I'm sure things happen at daycares all the time. And I mean, you know, we can't we can't control it all. But I could tell you one thing. It's way, way uh, sa more safe, in my opinion. It's way more safe than taking it out there at the dog park um, again so you know do i ever go to because i don't want to sound like i'm I'm a hypocrite or anything you know do i ever go to the dog park yeah of course i go i go uh, i go here and there i go once in a while it's very rare and when i do it's when there's very little to no people okay because that's just how i like it couple of dogs i can i can look at those dogs i can watch those dogs i can see how they're interacting with my dog and if there's something I don't like, I'm out of there. I don't even think about it, um, you know, but mainly I use it for the trails. OK, so it's rare that I actually go inside the park area. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just find that this is the, the most safe way. So other than that, the daycare is by far a phenomenal tool. I'm sure wherever you live, there's day dog daycares everywhere whether you have people that are doing it inside the home there's a whole bunch here in 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 the west island um there's um uh, a few boarding uh, boarding and and daycare places like actual places all over montreal uh west island um you know i mean it, they're they're all over the place so wherever you are i know that there's a place that you could probably do that that's affordable you know some that take more dogs the price is generally less. The place that takes less dogs, obviously the price is generally higher. So, you know, when you ask how many dogs are in the daycare and they say, you know, it's 30, chances are, you know, the price is gonna be pretty good. When you hear stuff like, for example, like my daycare, where it's like there's four or five dogs, it's a little bit more expensive, which makes sense, right? Because there's a little bit theoretically more one-on-one time. And everyone has an opinion. You know, so I, I find that I like running mine like that, even if it's not necessarily, you know, um, uh, you know, we, we don't have thousand dogs that we're watching at the same time. It's it's not really much about the money. It's just about the fact that I wanted to offer an outlet where people can feel a little bit more safe about where they're bringing their dog. At the end of the day, we're building relationships being a dog trainer or any kind of service, you know, we're, we're in the service industry, right? I mean, so that's, that's what it comes down to. Uh, talked about how dog parks can be dangerous, that you should, um, you should really, you should really be careful about, uh, uh, going in one, make sure that you're always watching the scenario, but if you can, I would technically avoid it. Some of the main things that you could do is you can go on trails, take hikes, you'll meet people, you'll meet dogs, um, set up a little agility course in your backyard maybe. You could, um, uh, you could uh, invite some friends over who have dogs. Um, you know, take your dog to, um, you know, like the Baudelaire's if you're in the West. Like it's an example, it's like a trail, you know, and it's just you walk in the, in the woods basically. Um, you know, jog with your dog. You'd be so surprised how many people talk to me or stop me with their dogs, uh, when I'm jogging to like say hi or let them socialize. So that's great. And of course, set up play dates. So just like I was talking about the agility course, like set up play dates, go for a walk together. Um, you know, let them, uh, interact and socialize. Okay. The more you desensitize, the better, you know, dog socialization. It is not playing with other dogs meeting all people, going to dog parks, going to dog-friendly uh, patios, restaurants, and stores, greeting dogs on leash. It is exposure to different sights, smells, noises, exposure to different handling, being neutral around people, dogs, and kids, maintaining focus in highly distracting environments, building positive associations with all of the above. Okay? So when I heard that, I was like, wow. I was like, that nails it right on the head right there. I mean, that literally explains dog socialization in a nutshell. Um, so, you know, that is by far um, really, really good. Really, really good. Okay. So um, try to keep those things in the back of your mind. 
Uh, again, I want to say thank you so much to everyone. All right. Um, premium subscribers, I'm going to do a small little thing about the body language behind the dog park and things that you want to look out for. Um, just because, uh, you know, I have a couple of the premiums that were actually asking me about this, which is why I, it prompted me to kind of make, uh, um, this podcast about, you know, the dog parks and so on. So I'm going to throw that in there for you. Okay. So stay tuned. Um, everyone, thank you so much. I just wanted to let you know that we hit a thousand plus downloads. That's right. A thousand plus downloads. Um, I, I, I'm blown away to be quite frank with you. I, I just can't believe it. I would love for some of you to maybe email us and let us know where you're coming from. Okay. So our, you know, when I was looking at the locations, I don't know, I saw some, wow. I was just amazed. I mean, uh, South Africa, <laughs> Australia, uh, the UK, um, I saw Germany, I saw Italy, I, I I saw, of course, Canada, U.S., and I mean all over Canada and U.S., not even just where I'm from, which is Montreal, um, which I absolutely love everyone here. Like my big fan base, of course, even on the podcast is right here, local Montreal. Um, so just wanted to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. It means it means the world to me. It really does. Uh, thousand plus downloads. I'm speechless. I, I really can't believe it. So stay tuned for the next uh, episode. And if you have some questions um, or you even just want to email me, let me know where you're coming from. Okay. Maybe I'll give you a shout out on the next podcast. Okay. Uh, send us an email at CE that's CE podcast at canine education.ca CE podcast at canine education.ca Josh peace out fam. Thanks a lot.